before we dive into what we're going to talk about as we wrap up this series, Peace on Earth, in the next few moments, I wanted to thank you, first of all, for being a church that brings the peace of Jesus to our community so very well and faithfully. Through the Peace Project, over the last few weeks, you have served, you have given, and not only has it honored God, it has helped so many people in our community. So thank you. And the thing I love about it is that our church, you, you do this all throughout the year. You serve, you give, you volunteer, you care for people. It's one of the things you guys do the best. So thank you. Thank you so much. It makes a difference. Only heaven will reveal the impact that you are making. And so before we talk about the peace that I want to experience and you want to experience because that's what we're going to talk about today is how the peace of Jesus interacts with our own lives. I thought it would be appropriate for us to begin by thinking about other people. Because see, we are very quick, I am, you are, to think about what I need, what we need, what's going on in our own worlds. And so one of the things that helps, one of the things that is so honoring to Christ is when we force ourselves out of our own worlds and think about those around us. So I would like for us to take a moment and pray, and then I invite you to pray for someone in your life right now that you know who needs the peace of Jesus. Because I bet you know somebody. It might be in your family, in your neighborhood, somebody you work with, somebody you heard about on the news, somebody you heard a friend talking about, you know someone who desperately needs to know that God is with them, that needs the peace of Jesus. And so before we think about what we need, let's take a moment. And you think about that person and you pray for them. You say, well, I don't know how. Nothing else, just say their name to Jesus. He knows, he knows. So let's all bow our heads and let's close our eyes together both locations. Those of you online, you can join us. And let's take a moment and pray for that person you know. So you pray for them, and then I'll pray. Our Father, right now, we are bringing names to you, and it's not a surprise. You know who they are. You know what the situation is that they're facing more than we do as friends and family and neighbors. Lord, the fact that you can hear all these names at once, and you know and you care, and you are at work in all these situations, so comforting. Bring them the peace that only comes from you. Help us be an encouragement to them. I'm specifically right now thinking of those in our church who have lost loved ones this week. Several families I know of that are grieving. Lord, give them your peace. I think of our brothers and sisters in facilities all over the region who are incarcerated, who are extended parts of our church family, and they watch every week. Bring them your peace peace that ultimately comes from you. 
Father, you know what we need more than we know what we need. We bring these things to you, and may we do so. In Jesus' name, amen. Peace is a hot commodity, um, and peace on earth is something all humanity craves, and it, it's very easy to see this. If you just look around and pay attention to what people talk about and what people are concerned about. In fact, this caught my attention. A Gallup poll recently asked people what they were looking for in life, and 16% of the people polled said they want an exciting life, while 72% of the people said they wanted a calm life. Now that. I can identify with, right? While there are 10% of us who wants both, right? Just make sure you get everything, <laughs> want the full package. When exciting and calm, I don't know how that happens. And those of you are like, exciting, yes, but if you're like me, the 72%, I'm in the 72%, like I got all the excitement I can handle, and I'm good with that. Um, I'd like some calm. You with me? Yeah, peace, peace. And we want it so badly, we want it and crave it to the degree that we're in constant search for it. And we'll buy it if we can. I mean, you can, right? That's what insurance is about. I mean, those of you that sell insurance, it's not disrespectful. I mean, I have insurance agents in my own family, but uh, that, you know, that peace of mind. That's why you need insurance for this, a peace of mind. I get it. That's what noise-canceling headphones are about, Peace. I get, okay, more so peace and quiet, but you know what I'm talking about, right? You drown out the world. Heck, you know, that's what essential oils are about, right? You rub this on here, over here, roll on, you know, the smell, you know, whatever, and, and then it's like, oh, peace. Is there a committee somewhere that decides what oils are essential and not? Because I think olive oil is pretty essential, right? Heck, for that matter, motor oil is pretty dang essential, right? Try driving around without it. But no, lavender makes the list. They're <laughs> like, I didn't know I needed that one. And I'm not against them. And we use them and all that kind of stuff. But you know what I'm talking about. All right, enough of that. Anything to bring peace, we'll buy it if we can. We, we sell it, bottle it, whatever. If, if it can bring a peaceful, easy feeling kind of thing, we'll, we're on it. We'll avoid conflict for a moment's peace. We'll ignore a challenge sweep it under the rug, anything right to just get a moment. And in fact, as human beings, we'll even do things that are unhealthy for us and those around us, like addictions. That, that's often what's behind the addictions that we find ourselves locked into is that we just want anything to give us a break, even if it's something that's ultimately unhealthy for us. Because peace is what we want. That's why we've done this series, Peace on Earth. And in the first week, we saw that Jesus came to bring peace. He is the mission of peace. That's what his mission was about. And last week, we saw that we have been asked to join him in bringing peace to the world by being peacemakers, not just peacekeepers, certainly not peacetakers, but peacemakers. And so maybe you're at a point in your life where you look around and you go, but what I want to know is what about peace in my world? What about me? Because, see, I need peace in here. And I need peace in here because of the world around us. It's so chaotic and crazy, right? It's just the circumstances around us. It's so challenging. Much less what's going on in our inner world. 
Because it's both. It's the circumstances around us, and it's the feelings we have inside. And as if the circumstances around us were not bad enough, we have to deal with our own inner world battles, thoughts, feelings, fears, worries, doubts. I mean, you fill in the blank. That inner war, that inner battle going on inside of us leaves us craving peace. Old, young, men, women, I don't know anyone that's exempt from moments where we just desire peace inside. Can get you to the point where you feel kind of hopeless and somewhat helpless. And you know where that is in your life. You know what situation right now in your life that you just crave some peace some tranquility, some calm. You know where it is. Now let me call a timeout just a second and, and talk about something that is very important. I want to mention this because it applies to more of you than any of us could imagine. Talking about peace, and in the next few moments, we're going to talk about what we can do to experience peace and bring peace, the peace of Jesus, into our lives. Some of you are dealing with not just unrest, some of you are dealing with the lack of peace at, almost at a medical and chemical level. There are those of you that struggle with anxiety disorder and depression, things that are not just, oh, okay, well, you can pray that away, or no, or you can just think happy thoughts, no. I mean, you're at a clinical, chemical level. You need to know there is hope for you. There is help for you. There are better days ahead for you, and you need, you need to see a professional. You need, to see, you need to see doctors, and there's great doctors and therapists and physicians and counselors that are, that are trained, and their life's purpose professionally is to help people through those moments. So everything I'm going to talk about in the next few minutes about experiencing peace applies to you applies to you. If you're struggling with anxiety and depression, it certainly applies to you. But understand that I understand, and then hopefully we will all come to understand that there's another layer there that may need to be addressed from a medical standpoint as well. Now, with that said, and I may come back to that in a minute, but with that said, we all crave peace at some level. That inner peace, we desire it to the point that we want to feel that calm, that's, that's what we think. When we think peace, we think calm. I want to feel, because I'm so keyed up on the inside, I'm so amped up on the inside, and my thoughts are racing, and my heart just beats out of my chest, and I just I can't rest, I can't sleep, I can't, I can't think, I can't focus. I need to feel the calm. Yeah. And there's also a part of peace that we describe as that assurance, that, that inner assurance that everything's going to be okay. That's what we want. I want to know that everything's going to be okay in this situation, whether it's relationship or a financial thing or a job thing or a health thing. I want to know. Don't you want to know? Don't we want to know? There's an area in your life where you just wish you could know it's all going to be okay. That's the peace we're craving. In fact, Christians have a phrase for it. Christians say this. It's not a bad thing to say. If you, you say it, you might say it. You've heard other people say it. It's not wrong to say it. It's just interesting, and people mean different things with it when they say it. When people say, you know, I just have a peace about that. Or, or they say the opposite. They say, well, I, you know what? I don't have a peace about that. I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? I mean, everybody means a little bit different. Are, are you mean a, a, that, 
that feeling of calm, you just, right? Or, or, or do you mean that assurance that everything's going to work out? Because sometimes peace involves both of those, but at the same time, sometimes you don't, you don't feel it and you don't see it. And maybe that's where you are right now. Like, I, I don't feel peaceful. And I wish I did. And, and I don't have that assurance that everything's going to work out. I'm kind of freaking out on the inside. I got good news for you. The next few minutes, I want to talk about what it looks like for us to be peace-filled, even when things are not peaceful. Even when the feelings are not there. Even when the circumstances are not cooperating. What does it look like to be peace-filled? Do you know that you can be peace-filled in here, in here, even though things around you or even internally may not be very peaceful? Because the good news is, is that the key part of the peace that Jesus brings is that it does not require the elimination of pain, conflict, challenge, problems. No, the peace of Jesus does not require that everything in life just suddenly gets okay. That, that all your problems just kind of iron themselves out. Because see, that's what we assume. We assume that when peace, the peace of Jesus comes into our life, then everything just automatically falls into place. Wouldn't that be nice? And there are times in life when you have moments where it just seems like, and we have phrases, you know, well, the stars just aligned, you know, and we know what that means. But those moments are way too few. You with me? Yeah. And we got to learn how to be peace-filled, even though things are not peaceful. The good news is that the peace of Jesus doesn't require the elimination of our problems. The peace of Jesus comes in the middle of our problems, in the midst of our problems, in spite of our problems. Yeah, the peace that comes from Christ that you need and that you want it's not about the absence of all the negative stuff. It's about the presence of Jesus in the middle of all the negative stuff. And that's something that you have access to regardless of what you're facing, regardless of what you're experiencing. In fact, Jesus said this to his followers right before he was crucified, right before he left earth and went to heaven, and death, burial, and resurrection, all of the crescendo of why he came and his mission on earth, right before then, he was prepping his guys. He was prepping his followers, his closest followers. Listen, you guys need to know how this is going to go down. You need to know how this is going to work. You need to know what this is going to be like. And this is what he told them. This is so important. Jesus said, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Look at that. In me you may have peace. He said, I didn't tell you these things so that in feelings you would find peace. Or that in circumstances, you would find peace. And it's great when feelings and circumstances play along, but don't we know they don't always? In me, Jesus said. See, peace is about a person. In this world, this is huge. You will have trouble. Yeah, but wait, I go to church. <clears throat> wait, I'm a Christian. Wait, I serve, but I serve. I give, right? I tithe. I'm, right? Wait, I help old ladies crossing the street. Wait, I pay my taxes. Wait, I'm a good citizen. Wait, I've been a good boy or girl this year. In this world, you, yes, you will have trouble. But he said, but take heart. 
I've overcome the world. Now, here's what I want you to get. This is such a powerful statement Jesus made. We're actually going to come back to it in the next series, too, from a different um, angle. But I just want you to get this. What Jesus was saying here is that peace in him and trouble will coexist at the same time, in the same space, in the same person, often in the same moment. And that's counterintuitive, right? We think, oh, the peace of Jesus comes and my worries just go away and dissipate. Hey, I'm not saying that won't ever happen. And if it does and when it does, great, enjoy that. But in my experience as a follower of Jesus, much less as a pastor who have journeyed along with so many followers of Jesus, my brothers and sisters, just like you, what I have found is what Jesus said is absolutely true. That in this world, you will have trouble. Relationship problems, financial problems, health problems. Heck, everybody's going to die. And at the same time, you can have peace in me. They coexist at the same time. You can be peace-filled, even though things may not necessarily be peaceful. And you may not know, but you need to know. You may not realize this, but I want you to understand this. That you can actually make a choice to participate in experiencing the peace of Jesus in your life. In other words, let's say it like this. You can learn what it means to practice peace in your life on a daily basis. All throughout your day, moment by moment, you can learn to practice peace. To get into a moment, into a mindset and make a choice to experience the peace of Jesus. No matter what you're facing. Because peace, as we will see, probably more so than it being a situation. And when the situation's right, man, that's good. When feelings play along and circumstances align themselves, that's a bonus. But more so than being a situation, peace is a mindset. It is a choice regardless of your situation, in spite of your situation. Here's one of the ways we know this is true. When Paul was writing to the Christians in the first century in the city of Galatia, he, and he was writing to them about how God works in our life, and when God is at work in our life, what happens in our lives, and what we experience as a result, he gets to this part in the letter to the Galatians, in Galatians chapter 5, where he describes what we call, what he called, the fruit of the Spirit. This is what the Spirit of God produces in your life, automatically happens. When he is at work in our lives, we all grow in these things, and he gives us a list. He said, the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace. There's our word. Ding, ding, ding. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. This is the fruit of the Spirit. This is what God produces in our lives. By the way, the word fruit in this passage is singular. It is not plural. It is not fruits of the Spirit, even though there's more than one described there. It's actually, in the original Greek, it's singular, the fruit of the Spirit. Think about an orange or a clementine or a tangerine, right? You peel it, it's one piece of fruit, but it's got all these sections in it, right? But it's all one piece of fruit. So you get the whole, the whole thing. It's a package deal. This is why this is important, because a lot of times we're just like, well, I'm just not a patient person. God didn't make me a patient person. I'm just not one of those, I kind of live by the seat of my pants, you know, I kind of make it up with the go, and I don't, I'm not really self-controlled. Yeah, I'm just, that's just not how God made me. No, 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 no. You can be self-controlled, you can be patient. Well, I'm just not a very kind person, but you can be kind. You know why you can do all these things? Because this is how God works in our lives. 
This is the fruit of God's spirit in our lives. This is what he does in us. And you can do all of this regardless of your personality. So if you've been using this as an excuse, you know, it's just, well, I'm just not that kind of person. Stop. Right? Because all of these things are a choice. Patience is a choice. It's not just a virtue. It is a virtue. But it's not just something you got or you don't. You learn to be patient. Ain't that right, parents? Wait your turn. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm just not a patient person. <laughs> Doesn't work. Choose to be kind. Don't we teach kids this? Can, what if you're just not a kind person? What if you just ain't feeling it? Right? Doesn't matter. You be kind, right? Because all of these things, self-control, all these things are choices. And the reason I go through all of that is I want you to see that peace is on this list. It's a choice. Two. Now, I may not be able to choose the feelings. And I may not be able to control the circumstances. But I can choose to practice peace. And here's what it means to practice peace. Let me describe it for you. To practice peace, first of all, is to trust Jesus who brings peace. Learn what it means to be trusting Jesus who brings peace. Because, see, it's outside. If I could do it myself, if I could do it myself, then I wouldn't be, there would be no issues, right? No problem. If you could figure this out, if I could figure this out, then we wouldn't need Jesus. But we can't. And this is, the prophet Isaiah nails this. He just so powerfully describes this. In the ancient scriptures of the Old Testament, Isaiah writes, God, you will keep in perfect peace all who trust in you, all who, put, who fix their thoughts on you. All whose thoughts are fixed on you? Perfect peace. Now, he did not say you will keep them in perfect situations, perfect circumstances, perfect feelings. He didn't say that. He said peace will be perfectly what we need in the moment. Perfectly what you need in the moment. Perfectly what I need in the situation. As I trust in Jesus, Paul takes this and he drives it even further. When he wrote to the Romans in Romans chapter 15, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him. The more I trust, the more peace I experience. The less I trust, the more I trust me. The more I trust in circumstances, the more I'm just kind of going with a gut feeling and hoping it works out and I'll figure it out and pull myself up on my own bootstraps. Good luck. But the more I trust, rely on, depend on, as I trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of his spirit. See, it's that work of God's spirit within us. It's about trusting in Jesus who brings peace. So well, what's that look like? It's basically you just looking at that situation, describing that situation, focusing on that situation that is so troubling to you, and then looking to Jesus and say, Jesus, I need you in this. I need you in this health situation. I need you in this loss. I'm grieving. I'm hurt. I'm confused. I need, I need you. See, there's a supernatural element to this. God, I need you in this, this I'm in a financial mess here. This job, marriage, children, friendships. My inner world, I'm, I'm just so afraid and I'm worried and anxious and depressed and I'm alone. Whatever it is, you fill in the blank. You know where it is. You come to your Heavenly Father and say, I need you. I need you. 
I need you. And you're not looking at a feeling or a circumstance to decide whether or not he is with you, but it's knowing he is with me and he is at work and I can experience his peace in the middle of all of this. Even though I can't control the feelings and I can't control the circumstances, I can receive his peace. Because the second part of practicing peace, it's not just about trusting in Jesus who brings peace. Get this, don't miss this. It's also about doing the things that foster peace. See, we often leave this part off. Well, I prayed. I, I prayed. I asked Jesus. There ain't nothing. I don't, I don't have the peace. I, but I, I went to church and I asked Jesus and I don't. Okay, wait, but are you doing the things that foster peace? Are you actually making choices? Because, see, it's a choice. It's a, it's a mindset. It's something we can participate in. It's something we can choose. Are you choosing things that foster peace? Trusting Jesus more. Helping you put your dependency on him more. Are you doing the things that foster peace? Because often, to be honest, we often engage in peace-robbing behaviors and peace-robbing activities and ways of living that suck our peace away rather than foster more peace and foster more trust in Jesus. Yeah, peace-robbing activities and habits. Negative things, constantly surrounding yourself with negative, if negative, negative, and negative people. If you're always around negative people and negative things, you're going to have a hard time, right? Focusing on the kind, of, the kind of things that bring peace. Now, I'm not talking about sticking your head in the sand and pretending like things are fine and not dealing with reality. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, we'll, we'll talk about it here in just a second. I'll bring it back up again. But if you constantly surround yourself with negative things and negative people, don't expect yourself to be too overcome with the peace that comes from Christ. It just kind of sucks that away. Uh, if you're engaging in very unwise decisions that, that rob you of peace, don't expect to, to have much peace. You can't have much peace financially if you're making stupid financial decisions. Like, Jesus, I need financial peace, and the credit card bill goes up and up and up and up and up, and I don't understand, and I don't understand, but you've got to stop spending money you don't have. Right? You've got to do the things that help foster peace while you're trusting in Jesus to bring his peace. Right? Oh, God, I want you to save my relationship. God, save my marriage while you continue to be a jerk. Okay? It didn't, didn't work like that. Right? Jesus can help bring peace to a troubled relationship, but you've got to make, you've got to make decisions in your relationship that not only honors him, but honors the, the other person in your relationship as well. Do you see how that works? Doing the things to foster peace. Like if your life is filled with unhealthy habits, your pace of life is crazy, frantic. You just go from thing to thing to thing to thing and you think about it later. Right? You're not going to have much peace. You have to do the things to foster peace while you're trusting in Jesus to bring peace. And again, here's why I want to mention this again. Those of you that struggle with anxiety and depression, and I don't mean just a sad day or a bad day. I mean those of you that are definitely dealing with, with the reality of those things. I'm not saying this is a checklist, and I'm not saying this is a formula. I'm not saying you can just pray all of the bad stuff away, but this will help you. This will help you. While you're getting medical help, you're getting professional help, this is going to be key in your healing, doing the things that help foster peace. It's true for all of us. Uh, let me give you an example. Paul writes to the Philippians 
about this. He does, and, and he says it in such a powerful way. Let me give you the setting. He's at the end of his letter, and Paul is kind of giving them some things that they need to focus on as they follow Jesus. And it's like a list of things. It's not a bullet point list, but at the end of Philippians chapter four, or actually at the beginning of Philippians chapter four, which is at the end of the letter, this is what, this is what Paul talks to them about. And you can read it for yourself. I greatly encourage you to. He tells them to be joyful, to make a choice to be joyful, not happy all the time. Happiness and joy are not the same. We'll talk about that another time, but be joyful. Uh, be considerate. Be praying instead of worrying. Instead of worrying all the time, and we're going to worry. We're human beings. That's what human beings do. He said, take that as an opportunity to pray about the things and be grateful. Be grateful. By the way, you may see a, a commonality here. All of these things are the kinds of things that help foster peace. It's amazing how much peace you experience when your gratitude goes up, when you spend more time praying than worrying, when you're considerate of other people and what they're going on, when you're going through, and when you decide, I'm going to choose joy. When you focus your thoughts, focus your thinking, okay, wait a second, I can't go down that road. I can't let myself think this way. I can't keep hamster wheeling this over and over again. That's not helping. It's only hurting. You start focusing your thoughts, and you make wise choices. He said, once you've, when you're doing all of this, when you're engaging in these kinds of activities, watch what happens. Then, read it for yourself, then you will experience God's peace. When you're engaging in all of these activities and things and behaviors that foster peace, then that's when you experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. You might be thinking, well, how does that work? I don't know. It exceeds anything we can understand. Well, what's that going to look like? I don't know. It exceeds anything that we can understand. But you will experience it. His peace will guard your hearts and minds. I want you to get a visual right now of Jesus standing guard with his peace over, your, over the gates of your thoughts, over, over the doorway of your heart, guarding your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus and depend on him and trust in him, the peace of God, the God of peace will be with you. That's what we want. That's what we need. And that's what we experience when we're trusting Jesus who brings peace and we are doing the things that foster peace. So if you're just trusting in Jesus and you ain't going to back it up by doing the things that are honoring Jesus and honoring to you and help the matter, if you're just going to fight the whole time, Jesus is like, I'm trying to help you here. I'm trying to bring peace to you. I'm trying to bring some relief to you. But you got to help yourself too. Help me help you <laughs> kind of thing. So here's what I want to do. And I think this will help. It helps me. Um, and if it doesn't help you, don't tell me because uh, just let me think I'm helping. These are the things that help me. Right? These are the things that help me trust Jesus where I need peace and then do the things that help foster peace. I call them rhythms that refocus. Rhythms in your life, things you do on a daily basis, things you do all the time on a regular basis that help refocus you. When I do these things and these are a part of my life, it helps refocus me and reminds me to trust in Jesus and reminds me to do the things that foster peace because you get distracted. I get distracted. We get distracted, squirrel. I mean, we just do. Are you with me? Like, for instance, this one's a gimme. Prayer in the scriptures, prayer and reading the Bible. Anybody can pray. Anybody can pray. You say, well, I don't know how to pray. You, prayer is about you talking to God, just talking to God just like I talk to you and you're talking to me and we talk to each other. Right? 
There's something about prayer and there's something about learning what it means to read the Bible. Learning, yet it, it's a skill. You have to learn how to read the Bible. It's not just reading words on the page, but understanding how to do it. Anybody can learn. And there's something about prayer and the scriptures that are a rhythm that refocuses time and time and time again as you learn the promises of God in his word. As, as you see the stories of how God has been faithful to so many people before us, and he will be faithful to you. Doesn't mean everything's always going to work out the way you want. Doesn't mean that life is just going to suddenly arrange itself and the stars are going to always align. No. But it'll help you know how to trust Jesus and do things that foster peace. Rhythms that refocus. Uh, Here's another one. This one's huge. Um, Certain people. There's certain people you can be around that that help you refocus, which means there's also certain people you want to try to spend a little bit less time with. They distract you. Right? There are people in your life that when you're around them, it brings peace. And then there are those that when you're around them, they suck the peace right out of you. And isn't it sad that those people don't know that they're those people? But well, we know, we know, we know. But there are people in your life that God has put in your life to help refocus you and bring you back to center time and time and time again. Lean into those relationships. Just this week, I've leaned into the people in my life that God has brought into my life that every time I talk to them, my problems don't go away, but I get refocused. Every time I talk to them, it's not like things that just suddenly align and all of that, but I I walk away going, okay, I needed that. I needed that. That helps me. I can go a little farther. I can do this a little longer. Certain people, rhythms, you need each other. Here's another rhythm that refocuses music, the arts. Powerful. And I know music is a part of art, but music is such a huge part. Isn't it the power of a song? The power of a song can take you back. The power of a song can put you in a place and time. The power of music is amazing. Utilize it. Get those noise-canceling, kid-canceling headphones kind of thing. And, and, and just, just the kind of music that just feeds your heart, your spirit, your mind, and reminds you and helps you refocus. Yeah. Surround yourself with beautiful things. Art. Hanging uh, verses, phrases, words, put it around you to remind you, to refocus you. Rhythms to refocus, this is huge. Here's another rhythm that refocuses. Surprise, surprise, surprise. Check, church, did it. Well, that's, a, that's why it's a rhythm. On a regular basis, we come back and it's not just about hearing a sermon or singing a song or serving one another or being served or talking to people and having conversations. So it's a rhythm that helps refocus us. Here's one we often forget, to pause and rest. Sleep. Breathe. Not just take breaths, but breathe. Pause. Time out. I need to pause here. And I just need to breathe a little bit. And I need to rest. By God's design, it helps bring peace. And here's probably one of my favorite ones right now. Um, Being in nature. It's huge for me, huge for me. You say, well, it, like more than prayer in the Bible? Well, see, you understand, I do my best praying when I'm outside. I get a little dirt under my, under my fingernails, I, right? There's just something about it. I, I reflect better on Scripture when I'm outside. It's just maybe, maybe you see the word nature and you immediately start, you know, allergying up and sneezing and you're like, nope, I'm allergic to nature and everything in it. Okay, well, maybe you'll have to pick another one. But for me, being outside is a rhythm that helps refocus me. I don't know, maybe you're like that. You know, I've been, I've been, I'm not going to get too deep into this. You'll think I'm crazy. But I've been 
doing a lot of learning over the last few years on, on how God has designed the universe for us to connect with. Not that the universe is God. But the Psalms say the heavens declare the glory of God. Romans chapter 1, God created the world in the way he did it so that when we look at it, we think of him. Yeah. And I think God is like, you guys just figuring this thing out? I've had this sun hanging up here this whole time, and you guys are just now cluing in to the benefits of being in the sun and letting the sun hit your skin, letting the sun get into your eyes, right? There's something about being around the trees. I'm learning. We're made out of the same stuff. We're made out of the same stuff, right? The trees come out of the dirt. You read Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3, and out of the dirt, out of the dust of the ground, God made us. What? No wonder that's a, that's a great one for me. I don't know what it is for you. Here's the deal. You need to find a rhythm that helps refocus you. As life gets crazy and you start freaking out, Hard to breathe, tightness in chest, thoughts just going crazy, rhythms that refocus to help you be peace-filled, even when things, because things are not always, you're not always going to feel peaceful, you're not always going to have peaceful circumstances, but you can be peace-filled regardless of what things around you may not be peaceful. That is my prayer for you. My question is, what rhythms do you need? Let's refocus on practicing peace together. Our Father, we come to you and we thank you for this truth. We need it. I need it. Help us to pay attention to the rhythms in our lives and choose rhythms that refocus us. To put our trust in you, the only one that can bring this kind of peace, and to refocus us to remember to do the things that foster our trust in you. Do things that foster the peace of Jesus. Father, thank you for making yourself available to us. And I know that so many of my brothers and sisters here, online, all around us are in great need and desire of peace. You know. You know what's going on. You know how to bring peace. You know what we need. We're looking to you. We're trusting you for the peace that only you can bring. In Jesus' name, amen.